Welcome to the Heal Your Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. If you are returning, welcome back. If you are new here, I am a naturopathic doctor specializing in all things PCOS, women's hormones, and fertility. And it is really my mission to help women, help you understand your body, why you feel the way you do, and what you can do to take control of your health and really feel your absolute best. So I work with clients one-on-one virtually, as well as in my six-week program, the PCOS Pregnancy Protocol, where I help women heal the root cause of PCOS so they can have regular periods and get pregnant naturally. If you're interested in learning more, you can visit drdaniellederoche.com, which is also linked in the show notes below this episode, or follow me on Instagram and TikTok at drdaniellederoche.com where I share a ton more information about daily changes you can be making to improve your hormonal health and improve your fertility. All right, now let's get to the episode. I am so excited to be back after taking the month of December off from the podcast. I just needed a little bit of time to rest and reboot and get organized for the new year. I'm sure you can relate. And this actually marks the one-year anniversary since starting the podcast. My first episode I recorded... I believe it was like December 31st or January 1st last year. And honestly, I didn't really know if anyone would listen or really care about what I was sharing here. So to have had the opportunity to connect with many of you over the past year, either through DMs or emails or many of you going on to work with me one-on-one virtually, it's been really amazing and a great reminder that I do need to keep sharing this information because unfortunately, we as women do not really get the education or support we need and deserve from the conventional medical world oftentimes. So thank you if you've been listening since day one last year. Thank you so much for kind of trucking along the year with me. If you are new here, thank you so much for checking it out. I definitely recommend going back and listening to episodes from last year. I shared a ton of great information. You know, we covered topics from PMS and PMDD to PCOS to acne. Um, The seed cycling episode was by far the most popular. I think there was like a 500% increase in listeners on that episode alone. So I will definitely be diving more into that topic in the next couple months as well. Um, But on today's episode, I wanted to discuss, you know, why New Year's resolutions usually don't work and what I have found that does work through my own trial and error and the approach I use with my one-on-one clients and in the PCS pregnancy protocol. That way you can start making changes now and in 12 months, you'll close out 2023 feeling better than you do right now. So we all know that January is the time when we start talking about new year, new me, But how many New Year's resolutions have you made and actually followed through with? Because I personally cannot think of any. In 2022, the top New Year's resolutions were to exercise more, to eat healthier, to lose weight, to spend more time with family and friends, and to live more economically. Now, these are great resolutions, but the common theme here is that they are pretty vague goals, all with the intention of bettering yourself and feeling happier. Now, the problem with resolutions like these is they don't really focus on specific actionable steps. So for example, if your news resolution is to exercise more, 
that's great. But what steps need to happen for you to be successful in doing this? You know, you can say every day, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to exercise more. But if you don't have a plan in place, it's going to be really hard to make that happen. So maybe, you know, do you have to go to bed earlier so that you can wake up earlier and get a workout in before work? Is that your barrier right now? Maybe you need to have a discussion with your partner about the importance of being able to go to a yoga or Pilates class every Sunday morning, and they know every Sunday from 9 to 10, they're watching the kids and you're going and having this time for yourself. If you live in a really cold climate, you know, would getting a walking pad allow you to get in more daily movement in the winter? Do you have to kind of plan your workouts based on the season? These are all things to consider and really decisions to be made now in order to make that resolution a possibility. So rather than choosing a big goal like exercise more, start with one or two habits that you can work on over the course of a few weeks. So this is similar to how I work with my clients in the PCOS pregnancy protocol and when I work with clients one-on-one. You know, I could tell them 20 changes to make at once, but they would likely become overwhelmed and probably wouldn't make any changes at all. So instead, we choose one or two things to focus on each month. And if they struggle to accomplish those things, then the next time we meet, we'll identify why it was difficult and troubleshoot before moving on to the next habit or the next change. And I've gotten really good feedback from my clients that this makes them feel like these changes are more obtainable and that they are successful and they're not setting themselves up for failure and they don't become overwhelmed and have this all or nothing mentality and just fall off the bandwagon within a few days. Now, another problem with New Year's resolutions is having that all or nothing mindset. So January 1st comes, sometimes we can feel like we should, you know, just flip a switch and become this person that we want to be. But that's just not reality, really. You know, nobody's perfect. And as you're working to build sustainable changes, you are not going to do everything 100% correct. There really isn't a 100% correct. You know, it, life comes at us and we are going to have to adapt to that. And that's okay. You know, the most important thing is to give yourself grace and not just completely be derailed by what you see as a setback. So, You may have heard of 75 hard, and if you haven't, 75 hard, it was really popular last January. Maybe it will come back to life this January, who knows? But 75 hard is a 75-day challenge that involves completing two 45-minute workouts per day. One of them has to be outside, no matter the weather, which I think is extreme, especially if you're living in like North Dakota. You have to drink four and a half liters of water each day take a daily progress photo, read 10 pages of inspirational nonfiction each day, and then follow some sort of diet. It doesn't matter what it is, just like change up your eating routine essentially. Now with 75 hard, you cannot miss a day or essentially you fail and you need to start all over again. But I mean, imagine doing this for 50 days. That alone would be impressive. I mean, doing this for three days would be impressive. And then say you do for 50 days, you miss one day. And then what? Suddenly it's not worth trying to complete the remaining 24 days. It's really just not logical because in the end, you are more likely to quit early 
then continue with the changes. And when you're working on a new habit, allowing yourself room for error without feeling like you failed is going to allow you to be more successful in the long term. We should also consider, you know, when you decide what habit you're changing, consider where you're starting from. If your goal is to exercise more, again, that's a vague general goal, and you currently don't exercise at all, don't try to exercise seven days a week because you will be going from zero to 100 and it will be almost impossible to be successful. Instead, start by getting one or two workouts in each week. Once you feel like you've built that habit into your schedule, then build on from there. You know, I think it can be really helpful to write down where you're starting from so that you can look back on how far you've come six or 12 months from now. This is something that I personally track for my one-on-one clients that when they're feeling maybe disappointed with themselves, you know, maybe they got the flu and they weren't able to exercise for a week and a half, or maybe they went on a trip with their girlfriends and they had some alcohol and some gluten. They're feeling like, you know, those two days of, you know, not following their quote unquote diet is going to completely ruin all the progress they've made. I can look back and, you know, remember and tell them and show them how far they've come you know, by kind of tracking where they're at and the changes they make along the way. So maybe right now you write down, you know, how many days a week do you exercise or how many days a month do you exercise? You write down how many days a week do you skip breakfast? How many days a week do you feel like you're not getting enough sleep? Write these things down and that way in six months you can look back and, you know, maybe you're not working out seven days a week like you think you should be, but you're working out three days a week and you can look back at this time and say, oh, wow, you know, six months ago I was working out one day a week and now I'm working out three days a week. That's great. You know, it's really important to celebrate the small wins so that you have some sort of motivation and encouragement to continue to move forward. This year, I'm going to pick one small habit each month to focus on. And some of these things I already do, but I know throughout the year, as I get busy with scheduling or depending on the season, I can definitely get off track. And so by kind of assigning one habit per month, it will be my time to refocus on that. And I wanted to share what I've chosen for each month today, if you want to do them with me. The habits I chose include some of the most foundational things I focus on with my one-on-one clients and in the PCOS pregnancy protocol. And really, if you stick to this and you apply each habit each month, I promise you will feel like a new person by the end of the year. There's no way you cannot because these things are going to really cover the most common mistakes I see women making on a daily basis. And it's simple things that you don't realize how much they truly impact the way you feel. So this would be a good time if you kind of want to follow along with me, get out a piece of paper, get out a pen so you can write down what each month and each habit is going to be. So for January, the goal is going to be to eat a balanced breakfast by 10 a.m. So often I hear women saying that they're skipping breakfast, sometimes more often than they even realize. Like when I ask women, okay, you're skipping breakfast sometimes. Let's think about how, how many times you really think each week. When they look back on it, you know, maybe they're realizing, oh, I actually skip it four or five times. You know, I skip breakfast more often than I don't. So, you know, what does a balanced breakfast look like? It means having protein, fat, and fiber. So some great examples of some really healthy balanced breakfast are going to include avocado toast with eggs. So you're going to have the fiber and the fat in the avocado, protein and fat in the eggs, fiber in the toast. You could also do oatmeal with some protein or collagen powder, some berries, and some nut butter. 
Maybe you do full fat Greek yogurt with berries and chia seeds, so like a yogurt bowl. Or maybe you make a smoothie with spinach, avocado, protein powder, fruit of some sort. This is going to help you have stable blood sugar and stable energy levels throughout the day. So that's going to help with your energy crashes. It's going to help with your sugar cravings. If you have PCOS, especially insulin-resistant PCOS, it's going to help you regulate your cycles. It's going to help with mood. It can help with anxiety. There are so many benefits to eating breakfast in the morning, and it's really important that we're, one, not skipping breakfast, but two, we're not just having coffee for breakfast. So my goal for January for myself and for you is to make sure you're eating something with protein, fat, and fiber by 10 a.m. at the very latest. Now, February is going to look like, and I know some of you are not going to want to hear this, but February is going to look like less coffee or at least drinking your coffee after breakfast. So if you are someone who drinks more than one cup of coffee, this would be a good time to start to reduce how much you have. Now, the reason why I started with breakfast in January is the goal is that as you're eating breakfast in the morning, that's going to help you have more energy so that you won't need to be as reliant on coffee. And I want you to ask yourself, you know, do you drink coffee because it's a habit and it's kind of like a morning ritual or do you drink coffee because you feel like you cannot open your eyes without it? If it's the habit or the ritual, can we replace the coffee with a different habit or ritual? Can we replace it with tea? Can we replace it with, there's a drink called Dandy Blend that's made out of dandelion root and it has kind of a similar earthy taste to coffee. Maybe you drink that instead. If you are reaching for coffee because you really feel like you cannot wake up and get your day going without it, then we need to consider, okay, how can we get your energy to a place where you're not reliant on coffee? Does that mean getting more sleep? Does that mean maybe going to your doctor and getting some testing done to look at things like your thyroid or vitamin D or vitamin B12? All of these things are going to impact your energy levels. So again, if you drink more than one cup of coffee, you're starting to cut it down. Now, it's important that if you drink, say, three cups of coffee a day, don't just go from three cups to one cup overnight because you can get something called rebound headaches from that. So try to reduce it slowly over time. So maybe you have two and a half cups a day for a week. Then you have two cups of coffee a day for a week, then one and a half, and then slowly you're cutting down to that one cup of coffee. Now, if you currently are just drinking one cup of coffee and you're not quite ready to give it up, try switching your coffee to after breakfast. You're getting some food in your stomach first. This is going to help to slow down the absorption of that caffeine into your bloodstream, and it's not going to create as much of a cortisol spike in our body. Now, when we drink coffee on an empty stomach and we spike our cortisol, this is going to be a hormone that increases inflammation in our body. So we want to keep inflammation low as much as possible, and that's why having that coffee after your breakfast will not have such a negative impact on your hormones. You can also make your coffee more nutritious. So maybe you add in a scoop of collagen powder, which is going to dissolve right into your coffee. Maybe you add in some full-fat coconut milk to your coffee. So now you're getting some protein and some fat with your coffee. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to completely give up your coffee. We're just kind of adding things to it to make it more hormone-friendly. All right. So kind of this whole first third or fourth of the year, we're really focusing on building our morning routine. So we've got the breakfast dialed in in January. We've got the coffee dialed in in February. Now in March, I want to try to add in five to 10 minutes of meditation, 
stretching, or walking. And ideally, you want to try to do this in the morning before you start your day to help with stress management. So how many of us wake up in the morning and just hit the ground running with our morning routine or just getting the day going, maybe getting the kids out the door, getting dressed, running to work? Oftentimes we wake up and it's like we are in fight or flight mode from that moment on. So trying to maybe wake up a little bit earlier, start your morning a little slower, especially if you're somebody who goes into work and you have work meetings that you know are stressful, take some time for yourself to really ground yourself before putting yourself into that environment. And maybe this means that you have to go to bed a little bit earlier in order to wake up earlier. And then in April, I want to try to do, and this is probably going to be one of the hardest ones for me that I don't currently do, try to do 30 minutes in the morning without social media. So try not to get on your phone for the first 30 minutes after waking up. I definitely am guilty of this. My alarm clock's on my phone, so I'm going to be getting a separate alarm clock to help troubleshoot this. But I definitely reach my phone, turn off the alarm, go right on Instagram or TikTok and scroll for a few minutes before I even have like opened my eyes practically, which obviously, you know, we know social media can negatively affect us. We know it's not great for our mental health. So why would I constantly want to be starting my day on social media? I know I need to stop that. That's something, honestly, I'll probably try to work on even sooner than April, but April is our month to like really focus on that. And then in May, we are going to be focusing on walking outside. So this is the time that the weather will finally be turning no matter where you live. So this is a great time to get outside. I personally love to walk around the 2 to 3 p.m. time frame because I feel like that's when my brain starts to turn off and getting outside really helps kind of wake me up and get me through the rest of my day. Now, if you have insulin-resistant PCOS, then walking after your meals is going to be most helpful. So maybe you make a habit of walking after dinner. And notice that I'm not starting off by saying we're going to be walking every day, just three times a week. So if you have a really busy work schedule, maybe that means you're walking on Saturday and Sunday, and then try to find one day during the week where maybe you go on a five to 10-minute walk during your lunch break or you get your partner to walk with you after dinner one night. In June, we're going to be focusing on water intake, so trying to get at least 64 ounces of water a day, especially as temperatures start to go up. We want to really focus on staying hydrated. This is also one that I am very guilty of being horrible at. I know there are some of you who are like 64 ounces of water, no problem. I get way more than that. I couldn't imagine getting less. Um, that is great. I wish I was you. But there are some people like me who just cannot drink water to save their life. I personally feel like I'm like drowning when I drink water. I don't know if anyone else has that feeling, but I do. So for me, it's like really a struggle to get enough water, but I know I feel so much more energized and my skin looks better when I drink water. So in June, that is going to be our goal. Okay. And then July, we are going to be focusing on eating a balanced lunch. So I typically see women doing okay with protein and carbs at lunchtime, and it's usually the healthy fats women are lacking. So especially in July, I want you to focus on getting healthy fats in at lunch. So what does that look like? That's going to be things like avocado, nuts and seeds. So think like walnuts, almonds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, olives, and fish. 
If you are someone who eats lunch and you immediately feel tired afterwards or you get hungry within two hours, you likely aren't eating enough healthy fats or protein at lunch. So start to kind of take a mental note of how you feel after lunch when you include more of those healthy fats. Some of my favorite lunches are tuna salad on a bed of greens or chicken salad on a bed of greens. Having a smoothie at lunchtime can be really great, especially if you are working a lot. You can make that smoothie in the morning and then just kind of sip on it throughout the day. I'll add in things like spinach, avocado, collagen powder, and berries, or I'll make a big salad with hard-boiled eggs, avocado, olives, and a bunch of different veggies. Then moving on to August. So August is kind of a unique one, and this is going to be when we kind of like declutter and get organized before heading into the fall. So I personally always feel like I can be my best self when the space around me is at its best. And I think that sometimes with the busyness of summer, things can kind of get away from us. Things get a little bit more disorganized. Maybe we start kind of hoarding things. We're not clearing things out as much as we should. I try to clean my house out every six months, but sometimes time gets away from me. So I am making August for sure my month. And each weekend in August, I'm going to pick one room whether that's the bedroom, the bathroom, the kitchen, whatever I feel needs the most attention and go through and get rid of anything that has been collecting dust over the past year. So that's going to include things like clothing or, I mean, you know, we all have that drawer, like the junk drawer that we start collecting random things in that we think, oh, we're definitely going to need this weird trinket. And then we never remember that we have it. So just kind of going through and setting yourself up. So when we go into the fall and our schedule start to get busy again, the space around us is clean and organized. And then in September, kind of the last half, the last third of the year, we're going to be focusing more on the evening routine. So in September, I want to focus on self-care after work, especially as we enter the fall and we get back into the swing of our regular schedule. It can be a bit overwhelming coming right out of summer. And during this time, it can be really helpful to prioritize self-care so we aren't getting consumed with our busy schedule. So this can look like 15 minutes of stretching before bed or maybe five minutes of meditation before bed, but just doing something at night, maybe once your kids go to bed if you have kids, to take time for yourself. And then in October, we are going to focus on limiting social media before bed. So we've already done the social media in the morning. Now we're going to focus towards the end of the day. And it really, as we continue through the fall, I want you to think about how can you build a good nighttime routine so that you are de-stressing and part of that is going to be limiting social media. So trying to stay off social media for one hour before bed and also setting boundaries with work. So for me, that means I'm not going to be working right up until I get into bed. Maybe for you, that means turning off your work email or just putting away your computer at a specific time. This can be especially hard if you're still working from home and it's hard to have the boundaries of like, when does work end? When does home life start? But October is the time where we're focusing on that. Find a time that is realistic for you so you can unwind and either enjoy time with yourself or your family before bed. And then in November, I want to focus on really planning ahead for dinners for the week. This way, you know, if this is when our holiday parties start again, which is like hard to even think about just coming out of the holidays recently. But if we can really plan ahead for dinners in November and make good food choices that are going to make us feel good, then that is going to help us continue to feel good through the holidays as some of those holiday parties and holiday dinners start to creep up on us. So it can be really helpful to keep 
easy to prep food in the freezer so that way you always have something on hand. I personally love to go to Trader Joe's for this. I'll keep like, you know, frozen fish, chicken, frozen veggies, just something so that way I never feel like I don't have anything at home. All right. And then lastly, that takes us to December, which feels so far away, but it will be here sadly probably so fast. It's going to be get enough sleep. So, you know, wrapping out the year by making sure that we are resting again with the holiday craziness. If you feel like you're not sleeping enough and really we should be aiming for seven to eight hours every night, try to get into bed 15 to 30 minutes earlier each week. So maybe right now you go to bed at 11, the first week of December, get into bed by 10, 30, 10, 45, and then move it up by 15 to 30 minute increments each time. That way your body slowly starts to get used to falling asleep at that time. You know, trying to get into bed two hours earlier, your body is going to struggle with that. But fortunately, you know, we'll have been working on developing a good nighttime routine before we get to December. So hopefully your body already kind of knows like, all right, we're doing our meditation. We're doing our stretching. We've turned off social media. We know that nighttime is coming and it's time to rest and go to bed. All right, that is all I have for today's episode. I'm hoping that gives you a little bit more specific things to focus on throughout the year and not feel so overwhelmed or consumed by this idea that you have to have this like grand New Year's resolution and you have to become this totally different person in January because that's not realistic for anyone. So maybe you don't do all of the things we spoke about for each month, but maybe pick two or three that stood out to you and work on them for a couple of weeks at a time, but pick one to focus on at a time. Like don't try to do three or four things all at once. Also remember, give yourself grace. If, you know, social things come up where you can't follow your diet exactly 100% perfect, that's okay. The really the challenge and the changes will come when you can enjoy yourself and the next day wake up and get yourself back on track and not feel like, well, I fell off track yesterday, so I might as well throw everything away and just quit now. All right. As always, if you have any topic requests, you can send them to Dr. Danielle period ND on Instagram. Um, next week, I am going to be joined by a guest, Sarah Mercier, who's a myofunctional therapist. Super excited to have her on the podcast. But until then, I hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of 2023, and I will see you next Tuesday.